Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville, Mark Ennis. Dave Skull, it's Friday. Dave, how are you feeling, man? Feeling pretty good, man. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's Friday. We made it. We got a weekend coming. We made it to the weekend. Uh, I I have, this is the most excited I've been for the conference championship round yeah. in the oh, NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks year was almost like it happened so fast and I didn't expect it. I didn't, but this one I've I've felt. Anticipation that and build was up. for my th- that was for me, like for my fandom, but this one feels almost like we're all waiting for a chance to watch our son play. Yes. Like that's where I'm at with uh, with Lamar and the Ravens. Like th- this is agonizing waiting for this weekend to get here. And it's just the anticipation of the the very thing we've all been arguing about and fighting for for years. Even though that argument's settled, there's still like a couple of things he needs to knock off the list. It starts this weekend and it finishes in a couple of weeks. You know, it's going to be incredible to watch that. It's going to be incredible to see the Lions actually in a conference championship game with a chance to go to their first Super Bowl. There's a lot of firsts that could happen this weekend. Uh, it's man, it's it's. I haven't been this excited since 2010. Uh, NFL wise, when the Jets were in the conference championship for the second consecutive year, uh, it's it's been a long. That's also the last time they're in the playoffs. In case anybody was wondering. <laughs> Well, look, we've got uh, a lot that we are going to get into. I would like to spend, you know, a good amount of time on those games uh, today, uh, perhaps uh, a little bit later on, because, again, I, I I think the NFC game is juicy enough uh, without, you know, a lot of Louisville-centric stuff uh, in that one and should just be wildly entertaining, I think. And, of course, the, the Lamar, Ravens, uh, Chiefs, Taylor Swift, you name it. Yeah. Like, we're not lacking for personalities. All the there. other stuff going on. We're not lacking for uh, narratives, characters, any of that stuff with the NFL. So we'll talk uh, about that. I'll give you a chance so we can talk a little bit about the turnover in college coaching uh, with Harbaugh now going sure. back to uh, sure. to the NFL and maybe what you think about what Michigan will do. Uh, we'll do some of that uh, a little bit. And, of course, Louisville plays Virginia uh, tomorrow. And I say that as uh, as by way of warning 
you know, get your shots, whatever you need to do. If you need to start uh, carb loading now, like whatever you got to do to endure watching two hours of uh, two more hours of Virginia basketball, something that we are. It's almost like remember when we did the original uh, booster or you know, the yep. vaccine rounds, you do one and then the booster like we're getting the second one now. Uh, another dose of Virginia, whether we like it or not, uh, it will be better off for it in the long run, I guess. Uh, uh, but we can talk about. Uh, that one because the first one was certainly unpleasant enough yeah and we it, we've we talked about it then we'll talk about it again this is not a vintage tony bennett virginia team uh they're still they still do what they do and they can impose their will especially on undisciplined lesser basketball teams but this isn't your national championship final four type virginia team but even his worst virginia teams can still be incredibly frustrating to play and that's what I think we're <laughs> heading into tomorrow. And Louisville's good at making everybody yeah. annoying and frustrating to watch play. So not a great matchup or not a great uh, combination of things uh, there. So we'll talk uh, about that as well. Uh, and something people have been clamoring for, Dave, and I think this is probably about as good a place as any yeah. uh, to start here. People have been clamoring uh, for Josh Hurd to speak. He did not go out of his way to speak. This was a regularly scheduled uh, EULA board meeting, yep. athletic association uh, board meeting in which they go over the budget as you're getting, you know, you're through the school year now and the fall sports are basically in the uh, done. Uh, and you can begin to sort of start looking at how you did numbers wise and how you're doing uh, through the big revenue generating sports so far. And it's kind of an interesting picture yeah. uh, of Louisville Athletics and Josh, uh, what he had to say. And, of course, uh, afterwards, you know, being asked about the basketball program. It's impossible to not be asked about the men's basketball program at this point. Uh, anyone who was there uh, would have been irresponsible not to ask. Josh surely was prepared to talk about it at least uh, a little bit. But it was in the context of a board meeting. Uh, with budget details. And I know that one thing you and I are not going to do is sit here and do a whole lot of budget radio. That doesn't sound very fun to me. No, but there are some interesting things that popped off the page for sure. And we'll let you hear uh, when we're, when we've got that handy, at least that we'll let you hear a little bit of what Josh had to say. Again, it wasn't a, pr a press conference with the prepared remarks or whatever. He just took a couple of questions at the end of his uh, publicly available comments about the budget. Sure. It, what, what about it? jumped out at you uh, in terms of what was actually in there so a few things and the things that people grabbed onto obviously uh he talked about um football exceeding the budget that they were that they were allotted men's basketball even though it was a conservative budget to begin with because they weren't expecting a massive leap this season still underperformed <laughs> their their line still underperform underperformed their ticket sales uh Women's volleyball brought in some some money, which I thought was interesting. Um, but honestly, that's the the, the line, like basically this, the message that a buddy of mine sent me, and it's not as cut and dried as this, but it was basically like, is women's volleyball carrying men's basketball? <laughs> which is not completely true, but they made up for some of the budget shortfall that men's basketball had. Yep. And when you look at it, it's not just straight. Like you budget this much for you expect to, to make this much money from men's basketball, maybe you expect to lose this much money from some of the other sports, you know, and if they don't lose as much, you know, that's a budget positive. Uh, if, if, if some of these sports that you expect to be revenue generators, uh, don't bring in the amount of money they need to bring in, 
It's a shortfall. If it exceeded, it's you know it's a surplus. And if one of those non-revenue sports becomes a revenue sport, that's incredible. You know, but it, it's the bottom line is this athletic department would be extremely healthy if it wasn't for our signature sport. I think that's really the biggest takeaway from that that meeting for me. Yeah, you you certainly have uh, Josh's comments that overall it is a healthy uh, athletic department financially. Uh, and I, I think everything he said that anyone would, would interpret as a negative is not surprising, explainable, and can't stay that way. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, he said that they they, aggre- they budgeted aggressively for football and somehow exceeded that uh, revenue-wise, which is good. Uh, and that they were super conservative about what to expect with basketball, and they've come in even under that. So one better mm-hmm. than better than the best you were hoping for, uh, and basketball worse than the worst you were kind of factoring in, which I think is kind of interesting. It really does. I, I don't know how it would have gone over if they had somehow budgeted even more, like drastically. Yeah. Like how uh, how negative? It's almost like that's their preview. Right, like here's the basketball uh, revenue projections. Here's what we're gonna budget for, and if it's like super below what everyone else, anyone would normally think, or what it normally is, you'd be like, well, that's their impression of what's about to happen, and they're yeah. they're even under that. Seems to me like that's that's one of those things that would be a negative come uh, job review time for Josh whenever he he does that formally. I Man, we budgeted for for budget shortfalls and such and and we were even under that which is why you and i have both said some version of the same thing here it doesn't matter what anyone thinks the budget's gonna fire kenny when the season's right it's unsustainable it's 100 percent unsustainable you can say whatever you want um the rest of it seems to be window dressing to me (laughs) i mean uh we can argue about the the nuances of a uh, 14 point loss to duke if you want to you know, we can talk about, and I think we will a little bit today, what the rest of the season might look like. Uh, but at the end of the day, the difference between eight wins or 11 wins or anything is probably not going to be enough. Or it's not going to be enough. It's not probably. It's not going to be enough to save his job, you know, at, at this point. Because people aren't buying in at 11 wins, you know. Texture says, I'm really excited, Mark and Biscuit, about you all deep diving into financials. I will not. If I, if I don't hear some P&Ls and balance sheets being discussed today, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. Prepare to be disappointed because we're not. Which is what we say anyway. <laughs> that's right. That's that's the uh, title of my the book about my love life. That's, like, that's your Tinder profile. That's right. Prepare to be disappointed. Prepare to be disappointed. But if I'm clear about it up front, you, you're the but your budget, your basketball budget, right? Yes. You're like we're down here. Yeah. I'm just going to try not to come in under it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the classic our expectations were low but holy crap yeah. <laughs> exactly but come on right exactly uh josh look uh, asked about things uh, and in particular of course look there's one thing to talk to him about this is the proper use of an uh, elephant in the room there's one thing to ask josh about mm-hmm. uh and it's the status of the basketball program what he thinks about it what he's going to do about it uh chase if we've got that uh handy there uh and chase is going to be in today uh for spencer we appreciate you everybody say up, hi everybody. to chase hi chase well, hello everybody uh, if we could let folks just hear at least that comment, because I think it's just about all we really need to hear uh, from Josh at this point. You know, how are your interactions with Kenny through the season, and what's your guys' communication like as they go through this? Yeah, I, you know, continuing to try to communicate and say, hey, what can we, what can we all do individually or collectively uh, to get this program where we all expect it to be? 
uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I'm well aware uh, that this, this program, this fan base isn't into moral victories. Uh, and so we, after every game, I feel like every day, I, it's, it, it's consuming what I'm doing right now. And I know it's consuming Kenny and his staff as far as how do we get better? Uh, how does this basketball program get back to where we all expect it to be? And that expectation is a high bar, uh, but nobody's going to run from that. And we're going to do everything we can uh, to get this program back where we all want and expect it to be. I, look, I, I don't read too much into that. Uh, because to me, he said almost exactly what he said in December. Except for to say that I think Josh has sharpened. Look, that's the AD version of nothing. That's what Jeff Brom would say in a Monday sure. presser uh, or Tuesday. What, like that, that, that was coach speak. That was admin speak. Uh, except what you never catch from him. You tell me if you think I'm re- if I'm reading too much into the no, silent spaces. Yeah. What you never catch from him is like a come on, y'all. Uh, I know he's going to get this turned around. That's what I think is most fascinating to me. Is it's like every time, both in December and here, what you don't hear is like I'm positive he's going to get this thing fixed, and we all just got to do our part or whatever. There's nothing like that. Instead, what I hear him doing is sharpening like the objective measurements. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. You know, and and he doesn't hide his disappointment. You know, and I think it's also when he says it's consuming. All I can think of is uh this this basketball program's dying of consumption, you know, which is there a more like 19th century Very way? Trail-y. Yeah, 19th yeah. century way to die. <laughs> That we're wasting away. Okay, basically. so I would like but, to freely admit something. Hold on, then you can finish this. When people, old timey descriptions of various uh, wasting away diseases, consumption being one of them. Yeah, I do not know what that refers to. Usually, it refers to tuberculosis. Easy for you to say. Usually, okay. It could be anything that like it's a general term for most like if your body's like wasting away. You okay. know, you have a pulmonary disease, you know, some like tuberculosis with the lungs. Gotcha. And and it makes now, it I know hard for you to this. I didn't right, know right, that right, it was right. consumption. But like it, it makes your body hard to it, it's hard for your body to function and basically you wither away and die. That's consumption. And usually it referred to tuberculosis. I'm killing myself with the other kind of consumption. That's right. It's just me too. Who are you looking like I am a hundred pounds? I know I'm among friends. You. We're good. Right. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. But yeah, no, but that that's that's not something you say when you it doesn't sound like it sounds like basically guys I, I know what's going on and i'm prepared to do what i have to do that's what it sounds like to me when you say to a microphone this is consuming this is hard on all of us i we moral victories do nothing for me do nothing for you we're beyond moral victories that's basically what he told you was that do you did you read into do you read into that comment from him uh, a because look he's not going to if you are out there expecting him to come out and be this guy's toast uh that yeah. yes or to even be critical in the sense of like this is unacceptable or something like that like you're really not gonna get that from any ad tom would never yeah. have done that no i've never heard an ad do a lot of that but what you are getting there is him saying it should be and every every all efforts are to get it to this place. We are not in this place. No, I think uh, traditionally ads give you the vote of confidence till the day they fire you. Yeah, honestly, most most GMs do that, and uh, team presidents in pro sports. 
uh, in college, you know, uni- college presidents and ADs give you a vote of confidence till the day they fire you. This is as close to this is unacceptable as you're going to get from an AD. Where he's not diagnosing the problem, he's telling you the status. You know, where none of this is okay. And we're all aware of it. I love texts like this. Keep up your ultra-negative rhetoric because it makes for great radio. One, you're listening. Two, uh, we're just describing what's happening. If it sounds ultra-negative, it's the fault of the people doing the happening. So I'm not apologizing for anything, and I'm certainly not going to start gaslighting anybody. Uh, Thanks. I've never ever in my life been accused of being ultra negative. That should tell you where we are as a basketball program. Um, I we just said at the beginning of the show everything else is going really well in the athletic department. That's why when people go nuts about firing Josh, I I, I recoil. Sure. Because we were just finished thirteenth in the directors' cup standings for the fall. I understand that people don't care about that. They just care about the sports they care about. Whether it's for most people, it's football. Men's basketball, then women's basketball, baseball, volleyball for some people. Other people, it's soccer. But the vast majority, like the most people watch football and men's basketball and then women's basketball. I get it. Most people don't care about any other sport but the ones they care about. Sure. You know? But the health of the overall athletic department is strong. Literally every program is thriving except for men's basketball. I realize that that's a gigantic but, a gigantic exception. But it's the truth. I've been positive about that, but I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass about the men's basketball program. I never will. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass about anything. This is where we're at. What would you like us to say about these comments and this 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 uh, EULA board meeting? What, Maybe he meant that text for Josh Hurd. What positivity can be brought out of that meeting for men's basketball? He was asked a question about it. It's a big part. Louisville's a place that one of its advantages as an overall athletic department is not only do they make money with basketball, they make a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's allowed them, I think, to bolster other sports and the city with the basketball program, the men's basketball program, being as good as it typically is. There's a lot riding on this. And so when it's out of sorts, when it's rough like this and it's having an effect on the bottom line, we're going to talk about it. And you're not gonna like you're not gonna scare me out of it. Listen to something else, okay? If you got if you got a problem with people just being honest about it, don't listen. It's, it's okay. I don't. You don't have to listen to us all the time. It's fine. And if you can find a show, a good entertaining show that's just like super fun and positive about how things are going, I want to listen to that. Yeah. Good luck. We try to have fun with it. We, we try to laugh as much as we can with this, but. Look, man, there's some stuff you have to address. I was going to say, I don't think there was any like negative opinions. I think we, I think that was literally just reporting on what happened and then relaying what happened. Chase, it was negative. Well, there are people it's who are a, mad it's, that it's you, not, uh, it's it, not allowed. It, it's very, look, the, that population gets smaller and smaller uh, as just more and more, like the inarguability of all of this uh, just sort of becomes more and more driven home uh, by everything. Uh, but though, it's, it is the equivalent of getting mad at your transmission light for coming on. I do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have listeners doing the same, right? <laughs> like, like that's, that's, that's what that is. Oh, uh, your negative rhetoric. Man, it's just rhetoric. Look, I put a, you can put a piece of tape over that engine light. It's the cheapest fix, you know, that you can use. You can put a little piece of duct tape on it. And if you're a little piece of duct tape as you uh, change the station, then, all right, man. 
Or if you want to hate listen, we appreciate that too. <laughs> anyway, what we got? What's next? So, uh, look, I, I think it's fascinating that volleyball uh, is is said to have basically helped uh, diminish the financial sort of pain of how things are going for basketball uh, and how the the imp- like the impact on the budget, the volleyball even. Yeah. Uh, Louisville would be in a really great place if they could get 10,000-plus going to basketball games on a regular basis. It would be amazing. Yeah. No, that's what I said earlier. Like The rest of the, the athletic department is in relatively good shape. It would be in phenomenal shape if we can get the flagship program going. That's really the takeaway for me. Like We are poised and ready to be in a good spot, but we are... That's a gigantic exception. Texture says, and this is, I, I love this. If Kenny is smart, he will make a cardboard cutout of Josh for the locker room like the owner <laughs> or the manager That's in Major right. League. It's a great idea. Sweet Lou Brown. Uh, I, I love the idea of that. Uh, and for Josh to say, uh, you know, look, it's consuming all of us how to get this thing back on track. There are, look, we got multiples of you almost reflexively who are like, is it? Is it consuming all of you? The I think right. in ter- like the results are what they are, and they are the big they are the biggest problem. And I do think it's true that the degree to which we get elevated about every little thing that Kenny does is largely driven by the fact that they're just not very good, yeah. and that if they were good, we would put up with a lot. But that's just human nature. That's true. Like there, there that that's what humans do in everything they are involved in. Uh, but they're not. Well, you good. get more leeway when you're good at your of job. Of course, like you can be less good. good at the other parts of your job if you do the main part of your job really well. If Kenny was winning 30 games a year, he could never come on the radio. He you, could probably wear Nikes and no one would say no anything. Would say, and you could never make an appearance <laughs> on the radio, right? You know, and we'd all be like, you know, I wish he'd come on. I wish he'd talk to the fans more. But I, hey, we're getting the results. I've heard enough. You know, honestly, we're awesome. Right. Keep winning, and I'm not going to push that issue. But the problem is a lot of these things that we pick apart. Are things that affect play on the court, who you're starting, well, who yeah, you're playing. They're just other symptoms of the same thing, right? right? And, and and so the lack of growth, you know, lack of defense at all. You know, all these things are there's things on the court, and that's what we talk about mostly. Well, Honestly, we don't talk about his relationship with the fans that much anymore because we're in the middle of basketball season. Well, and I only brought that up uh, to say, like the the criticisms of that stuff uh, would it, it's true that they would all be blunted, if not gone, if they were better. That's true. But that doesn't make them not true yeah. because they aren't good, like the, the, therefore we're overreacting. Uh, no, like people are reacting to every little data point that he gives us. Yeah. But if I had to like rank his big problems, problem one, objectively, the record. Yeah. He's not good. But obje- problem two is the, the, uh, the desperation gap that he has in the minds of almost everyone, mm-hmm. this just seems like it's way more stressful for us sure. than for him. And not in the Tony Dungy stoic coach way. The, yeah, the in the aloof way. Sorry. The, the impression that we get is that he is not – there is no urgency there. That's the impression that we get, right? And, and that's what the impression we got last year. And he further um, you know, amplifies that when every time he talks about the throwaway season, you know, or anybody does. It's like, man, that is not how the rest of us saw it. Like, there's, there's the one thing to say, like, I'm going to need all of you prepared to be not very good this year, which he, he, he did a little bit of conditioning there. But then to talk about it in retrospect, like, oh, we, 
you know, we didn't have our players, we didn't have this, we didn't have that. It was really just year zero because of the inherit the mess I inherited. It's like the mess you chose to inherit. The players you chose to inherit. Like we will even with all the allowances we give you for the cloud and whatever else and the recruiting issues, it still was so far below where it needed to be. Like that's he doesn't do himself any favors when he talks about these his failures. Because they're not his. They're the conditions of the job or, or, or things he couldn't control in his mind. Well, it was one of the reasons that I brought in uh, at the very, very end of the show yesterday uh, that, that quick comment from TCU's women's basketball coach where they, Dave, they forfeited two games because they just didn't have players mm-hmm. because they've just been destroyed by injuries. Forfeited two games, took a week off, held on-campus tryouts. The coach in the in the interview says we uh, did two different walkthroughs because the players that we added as walk-ons aren't even to the point where they could do walkthroughs with us. You talk about TCU, right? TCU, yeah. yep, yeah, not not Louisville. Yeah, I was like, no, like, yeah, but like he said, like that's what we had to do. And their very next game, they won <laughs> at, against UCF. And he says like it was the most enjoyable victory of my 16 years as a as a coach. And I. Mentioned that as a like, what a great story, what great attitude, uh, and here's a guy who's like, I'm having to forfeit games, and pan the student body for for anybody who can help. But damn it, we're going to win the next game. There's no, this is year zero for me in any of that. And it just is a sort of a reminder every time I kind of look around. I just get that's why fans are like, is it driving him crazy? Right. Because it just doesn't. He doesn't. If it's in there, he actively hides it from us. And we would love to see it. That's right. Everybody would love to see evidence of it. And I realize that you can't force somebody to be somebody they're not. And that's not what we're saying. But his demeanor does, doesn't help, you know, for, for most people. And, and, but beyond his demeanor, if there wasn't the excuse making. Which I, is super off-putting for anyone in your life. Everybody. But for the person in charge of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability, lack thereof from your head coach is – just jarring to that extent, especially when we're looking to our left and looking to our right. There's TCUs of the world and other teams that have dealt with adversity all season. Bellarmine has been playing with six or seven scholarship players for half the year. Um, you know, that, that, that happens all over the place. That's basketball. That's sports. You know, nobody's going to, at the end of the year, you might get allowances during the year and everything. And people like might give you some, man, there's some, Here's some uh, context, you know, for why they might have struggled this season. They'll give you some credit. But at the end of the year, the, you look back and you've won 10 games in two years or whatever it ends up being, 12. That's not injuries. You know, that's not – that. you don't get a pass for that, man. Well – And when everybody was healthy, it didn't look any better. So Even if all those things are true, those are things that you have to let other people – Say for you. Yeah. Yes. You have to let other people marshal those arguments on your behalf. There's a, there's an excuse-making element that, again, you have to let other people do it. You can't do it for yourself. If nothing else, I, it's always worried me the degree to which he's talked about how bad things were that he's taken over or that sort of thing, uh, that, that they hear that. You know, like, what does it do for a player to just constantly hear how they were broken mm-hmm. or that they need to heal? I just cannot imagine how often that sort of thing gets said by successful coaches, but it's the sort of things that we we glom onto, understandably, especially to that extent. That's the thing. Like it, 
if you want to say, look, we we were, we came in shorthanded for this game, but you know, next man up, and he said next man up last press conference. I don't know if I believe him, and it's you know, yep. sandwiched in between a few other things. But if you say that about one game, and you're like, hey, we struggled, we knew it was going to be tough, you know, playing with uh, seven scholarship players, but you got you know, got to hang in there, and there's no excuses. You can't say that about a whole season, no matter what, you know, and that's that's what's off putting for people, and and he slipped into it more this year too at times where he's. There's a lot of excuse making, and and nobody wants to hear that. And I hate repeat at the risk of repeating myself. Nobody wants to hear you make excuses or adjust expectations. People want to hear you rise to the challenge and tell us how you're gonna how you're gonna overcome these things, you know, or show me that. I think the, tell me. I think the very very famous uh, Bill Parcells saying was, "Don't tell me about your labor pains." Just show, show me, me the, the baby. baby. Yeah. Right? Like, that was his very famous one that really, I think, kind of launched the Patriot way. Like, Bill Belichick, if there was anything that, yeah. if you ask me, like, what encapsulates him, it's that. I don't, okay, just do your job. Yep. Do your job. Just do it. Yep. Let's take a break. And let's move, move on to the happier things, right? We're no? going to put this negative rhetoric away. Maybe. <laughs> no, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll open the phones. Uh, a, uh, an ode to Rush Limbaugh. Open line Friday. We'll just let you call in without whatever the hell you want. Right? There you go. But, but the last day of school. Now, we got Friday. some other stuff we'll touch on, though. Oh, we, had, we had some We had some, uh, some serious women's basketball tension last night. I hope a lot of people watch that game. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. On the other side here, we'll take your calls, your texts throughout as well. On the drive on a Thunderville. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Friday. Did want to remind you guys that DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you guys all uh, an offer that will make these playoffs even more electrifying than they have been up to this point. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game, and they're going to get 200 instantly in bonus bets if they do. So if you want to get in there and you're like, now the 49ers are going to have to lay 7.5, that's too much. I like Detroit, something like that. You could do that, and everyone who does so gets a no-sweat same-game parlay for every playoff game uh, or every playoff game day, excuse me, uh, as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THEVILLE. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THEVILLE. Uh, gambling, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 18 or older and physically present in Kentucky. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. 
One, no sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No sweat bonus. Uh, bets are issued based on the amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max rewards limits, deposit restrictions. They all apply. All these terms can be found at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. One of my favorite tweets that I saw from yesterday was someone saying, you know, you, you remember the, hey, you better learn to code, like your job's about to go away, you better yeah. learn to code. And then it became, you better learn to speak Chinese with, with uh, Adam Silver. Yeah. About players are going to have to go play overseas or whatever. Someone talking about Belichick, you better learn to read that DraftKings liner about, <laughs> about what he's going to be doing this year because no one hired him. And I was like, that's It's perfect. interesting though, right? I mean, I don't know if I'm surprised or not with Belichick, Belichick not getting another. I both, I both am and am not. Well, like he's, I both are and are not surprised. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, that when I thought – I wasn't surprised that he wanted to coach. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that people thought it was a given that somebody would give him a job. I agree. You know, because he's – wait, 72? 73? I think so. 72 now. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty old for an NFL head coach. It just is. Him and Pete Carroll and their seven. just watching Nick Saban retire. Right. And, right and now, obviously the range. game in the NFL is changing in its own way. It doesn't ha- it wasn't as drastic as college, you know, with NIL and, and transfer portal and everything you have to adjust to. But there are – the game is ever-changing. It's a young man, you know, and Bill Belichick was relevant in it for over 20 years as a head coach. But it had been slipping. You know, post-Brady has not looked – the same as, as like okay, years so without Brady. Brady is alarming. And had he not had two decades of yeah. the success that he had, we would look at this and be like, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. In one of my two interviews with the Falcons, surely they asked me at Belichick about, so you did a whole year with no offensive coordinator? Right. Or former defensive coordinators were your offensive right. coordinator? Like that sort of thing would get a, like a regular coach roasted Sent to the moon. forever. Mm-hmm. If Dan Campbell had done that, like right away, people would be like, "You're a meathead." Yeah, but Belichick doesn't. You're like, he must be a genius. But really, I think he's kind of on tilt. I think I agree with you. Yeah, and it, I, I, I think that most, well, obviously, owners in front offices weren't ready to to jump back in there. They're not convinced that he's the guy. Uh, he had two interviews in Atlanta and and didn't get the job. Um, he had that much time to convince them and show them his unparalleled record, and he couldn't get the job. Couldn't log it now. At least that's what we think at this point. If you take two interviews, you're interested. You know, uh, I just think that they—it's not a given that he's the same coach without Brady in his 70s that he was with Brady in his 50s and 60s. It's just not a given that he's the same coach. And I—I I don't know if he gets another opportunity next year because a lot of people say, "Oh, he'll—he'll he'll sit out a year." And he'll go next year. So, well, what is he going to do in the in the meantime to make him a more attractive candidate? He'll be a year older and a year removed from the NFL. I don't, I don't know how he becomes a more attractive candidate unless a team gets more desperate and decides to go back to the well. It's just not a given that they're going to give coaches like Belichick and Pete Carroll, even though he has more energy than I do, a job. Like, just the, the, the career might be over. Okay, so let me t- throw this out there, and I. This is not trolling. I mean this. I am, does it surprise you to hear? I'm more surprised that Pete Carroll isn't finding a place than I am that Belichick isn't necessarily finding a place, and, and this is why. I think it's working against their the reason they're being held up together is they've both won Super Bowls and they're both older, you know, up into their seventies. Yeah. 
One, I hope I look like Pete Carroll in my 70s. Good Lord. Good heavens, man. I just look at him and I just feel like that's what FDR was like. Like that's just uh, there's something about him. I don't know what the, the charisma or whatever and all that energy and all that stuff. That's just what he makes me think of or like that era. Like he would have killed a uh, pinstripe suit or something. You know what I mean? I think I, get I just I see it. There's something about him. But I think Belichick is a grump. No, in fact, I know he's just <laughs> thinking about it. I yeah, think we know. <laughs> I, I think that that's working against him. Because not only are people looking at this like, if I hey, I got a, a team, and he's going to come in and be the coach. And he look, he's clearly ridiculously successful. But he, you also have to be around him every day all the time. And that doesn't sound fun to most people. And the, the Patriot way took a beating after a while. Yeah. And it sure didn't did. work on everybody. And it really didn't look too terribly fun. I just don't think a lot of teams want to operate that way. And, and I just look at him as sort of a grumpy stick in the mud up in New England where it's frozen and no one wants to go outside and do anything anyway for most of the football season. That's like he just sort of fits up there. And I just don't think it's somewhere in like Atlanta, this grumpy ass dude who wears like crappy cut off uh, hoodies and stuff like that. And it is kind of egocentric in the sense of like I'm going to try to do this whole season without a coordinator like give me a break hey, Dan Reeves worked in Atlanta I don't <laughs> and he wore a suit <laughs> right <laughs> a suit forever that guy I just I, I don't like if I was an owner I wouldn't want him not because he's not one of the best ones ever I just like I, I have to work with you every day and look it it, it is a ding that the Patriot way might have just honestly just been Tom Brady <laughs> at the end of the day, I realize that Spencer's probably yelling at his radio right now, but how many Super Bowls would they have won without Tom Brady? I don't know. We don't know. He well, he wasn't he didn't really have like years with a with a average quarterback, you know, a replacement level quarterback that we would have known by that they were either it was really feast or famine after Tom Brady. Um I guess the year with Matt Castle, they went eleven and five. They didn't make the playoffs, but they went eleven and five. Um but I mean he's 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 Clearly set in his own ways. He probably wants control or more control over personnel, you know, than they're probably uh, willing to give at this point in his career since he wasn't a great GM over the last several years at, at New England. Uh, and his his age and his disconnect from players, I mean, if you can't relate, you don't have to be best friends, but if you can't relate to the, the 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds that you got to coach, I don't know, man. The Patriot way just isn't enough at this point. Texture says they're not hiring Belichick because he's too obstinate. That's the great. That's the word for it. That's kind I, that of what you're getting. That is a great word yeah. for it, Texture. I agree with that, and and I think he was in a place where I think he felt entitled to be that way. But that stuff would get super old when you're not super successful. Also, just me, Dave. I'm not like I would want to spend a lot of time in this interview process trying to figure out why you drafted Mac Jones. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring you in and put you in charge of my franchise that either already has a quarterback or who might need one, yeah, I need to know that you have learned your lesson from whatever the hell was going on when you decided to do that. Well, I haven't seen you have success without. No, I want to know why you drafted. But I'm Matt, saying I haven't seen Matt you have success Jones. without a, without maybe the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. And I need a quarterback. That's the one position. That is 100% up in the air in Atlanta. They have great playmakers everywhere else. Uh, they might need another receiver, but they've got, you know, Bijan Robinson and Pitts. They've got good. Yeah, they don't throw it to Pitts. My fantasy team's mad yeah, about they that. They've got good weapons everywhere, though. They need a quarterback. And do you trust his ability to evaluate quarterbacks at this point? 
He's not like he's the quarterback whisperer. That's not what he is. You know, that's not his not history. That's not where he came from. That's not what he's known for. I, and it's not me trying to downgrade his legacy. I just don't know what you're hiring him for right now. His I, track record doesn't mean that much right now. I think to both your points, like when they had Brady, free agents were willing to go there and sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, the fun because they thought in turn, well, we might get a win. So the Patriot way worked. No, but, yeah, it's the Patriot yeah. way versus the Brady yeah. effect. But you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. which one, which and, one and is more important? You, can you reasonably separate the two? Yeah. Uh, right? Like, can you have one without the other? Right. Uh, the, and it, look, the last couple of years, those three seasons without him certainly don't give you a lot to to make you think that that they, they can coexist or that the one exists without uh, the other. Uh, and look, that's unfortunate because uh, he's obviously one of the all-timers. Uh, but nobody, almost nobody goes out on top. Like, the, the very real... Uh, I would imagine it's probably very difficult to be him right now and have uh, the most successful era, uh, era as a coach anyone's ever had in football, and you get to the end of people like, that's Brady. Right. Like, just, I mean, just sweep it away. Yeah, it's just Brady. Like, throw Belichick in Washington. Like, what if he ends up getting the, like, just last second Washington calls and he gets the, the commander's job? That Would that just be like uh, – Unitas in a Chargers jersey, Namath in a Rams jersey. You know what I mean? The like coach version. Patrick yeah, Ewing it's, it's, in a, uh, you know, it's a Magic Bill Walsh jersey. going back to Stanford for a year or two. Remember that? Yeah. Or Shaq in every single jersey he wore over the last two years. Do you remember that Shaq was a member of the Suns? Didn't OJ play for the Chargers? I think so. I think that's year? right. But Shaq, like Damon the end Smith of his career, Suns, the Arizona Cardinals. Cavs, remember that? Celtics, yep. dude. Suns, Cavs, Celtics. Gosh. Um, I'm missing at least one. Heat. Well, Heat, no, Heat won championships with the Heat. We don't count that. I'm oh, talking, about, talking about that. Right. I'm talking about the end of his career. Didn't he go to Cleveland? Right? He went to the he did. King I said Cleveland. Like, ring yeah. for the King, right? And that, yeah. I said yeah. Cleveland. They, they, I feel like I'm missing one from that, that group. It'll come to me. I'm sure he, he probably played like a year for the Raptors or something. Or a game. I doubt it. Remember Hakeem with the Raptors? Oh, man, I do. Mm-hmm. That hurts. That, that doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good to say that. Doesn't that's why I love like Carl Robinson that year for the Lakers. Oh well, that was that was just one of the all time <laughs> him and Peyton, Gary Peyton going yes. in with uh, Kobe and Shaq. And it was uh, that Space Cowboys movie. Just didn't quite work. Yeah, <laughs> just, like they won a lot of games, but it just didn't quite get there. <laughs> Robert Parrish played a year for what um, for the Bulls when he was 150. No, he played for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Tough to watch some of that. 8150939. That's uh, the number if you would like to get in here. We haven't heard from UK Vince in forever. But why not today? We said open line Friday. Let's do it. Let's UK do it. Vince, good to hear from you, buddy. Welcome to Drive. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, great conversation. Uh, loved it. I just wanted to throw in something. Uh, I, I am not going to be the one to say that Tom Brady is not the, the greatest quarterback, maybe the greatest player in NFL history. But if you if you think back, Drew Bledsoe got mm-hmm. injured that one year, and Drew Bledsoe was a three-time Pro Bowler. I think he, I think he took him to a Super Bowl, and and yeah, the Patriots were doing pretty back. well right before he went down. And I'm thinking, you know, in an alternate universe somewhere, he doesn't get injured. Maybe he's Tom Brady. 
Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, uh, um, you know, just just food for thought because under Belichick with Drew Bledsoe, they were a good team. I think that I'm pretty sure they went to the Super Bowl, and he made three Pro Bowls. So, um, you know, you were saying he never won without Brady or whatever. But who knows what would have happened if he wouldn't have gotten injured that year? But um, I just want to throw that out here, guys. Great show today, and thank Thanks, you for Vince. taking my call. Good to hear from you uh, as always, Bud. Uh, it's been a while. Call uh, anytime. Uh, of course, that's one of the all-time sliding doors things. Yep. Uh, and but I think what's fascinating about all of that is like, even early on, uh, they won. But the the first couple of Super Bowls, which sounds so funny, just to be like you know, like there's like a drawer full. Yeah. The first couple of them, very much uh, around him. Yeah, you know, he was a game man. Defense, he was the yes. definition of he a game Jack manager Palmer early in his couple Super Bowls. In his career. So like, that's that's to be fair. Yes, this, I said Tom Brady was Jack Plummer. Yes, first, I said that. <laughs> to be fair, the first several years, like it, they weren't winning because of Brady. Brady made some good plays, made some big plays and big moments, but he wasn't putting up the stat until the Randy Moss year. Right. When they, that's when he it was like, no, I can also chuck the ball around the yard, and you're going to start putting some respect on my name. <laughs> you know, back in 2007, 2008. But before that, he wasn't putting up big numbers. And oftentimes, like you said, they were winning around him. You know, but he wasn't he wasn't bad. He just wasn't the reason they were winning. And something flipped there in mid career where he became kind of super scion at some point and he became No, I'm also Peyton. Yeah. You know, in addition to being like a really nice cerebral game manager, I can also chuck the ball about around the yard. Yeah, and look uh, the other thing to add, UK Vince said to that that was Parcells coaching with Bledsoe yeah. and we had them in the Super Bowl, they lost to Green Bay. Desmond Howard, MVP of that one for yep. special teams play, uh, in particular uh, in that one. But yeah, that's one of the all time. That's one of the all time sliding doors uh, things there about what would have happened uh, if Bledsoe had stayed healthy. And yeah, he was he was the big like he had the huge contract and was going to be yeah uh, the next big thing. And the NFL is is brutal about that. Uh, Bledsoe was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. At that point, and he went to Dallas after he got hurt in New, in New England, and it never really panned out. Yep, in Dallas, um, but he was a big time. He was a big name. People forget that he had to come back in and finish one of the playoff games. Yeah, uh, after he was demoted fully, and he did so, and he, I think he deserves a lot of credit for how he's handled all of that. Uh, and I think he's doing just fine. Yeah. Do you remember the old Sports Center commercial when they did like the nickname University? Like the nickname class at uh, Sports Center U or whatever, you know, when ESPNU was first coming around. And it was a class on nicknames, and Berman was the professor. Of course. And he was just like pointing at people and saying names, and, you know, you had to come up with one with a nickname on the spot. And he pointed at the guy and says, Drew Bledsoe. And he goes, Drew Bledsoe, much he needed a tourniquet? <laughs> I was like, no. I always think of that every time I think of Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe was a great quarterback. <laughs> he was. He was fantastic. He was. 8150 That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. 3831 for the UPS jobs tech sign. So I'm, look, you color me, Dave. Uh, I'm not shocked he's not getting a job. Uh, and I am happy for somebody like Raheem Morris, who I think got the Tampa Bay job as a head coach way before he was ready, uh, but is a good example, I think, is going to prove to be a good example of somebody. Like these guys do get better. Coaches do get better uh, over their careers. And you'd like to think that a guy who gets a head coaching job when he's young and uh, look, it was Tampa Bay. So it wasn't, they weren't great. Uh, 
can mature and learn from that and be better the next time around. Look, Todd Bowles wasn't particularly young, but he wasn't ready for the Jets job in a lot of ways. And I think you can agree that he's been – And now he's 60 and does not look – he no. looks he looks younger than me. He's, he's like Leonard Hamilton, man. Yeah, it's I mean, not they just, it's, it's the, both Doesn't of them. Doesn't crack. Both of them. They're just, they look amazing. Yep. Um, but it, it, he wasn't ready as a head coach. His clock management was some of the most bizarre stuff I've ever seen in my life. I think he forgot that it was a timed game at times. But now he's doing well in, in Tampa Bay. Um, glad to see Raheem Morris get another shot. You know, I, I would hate to see careers end early because you got a shot too early basically or you, you know or you just weren't ready when you got your shot um you got to think though if you're if you're belichick for just a minute there you might want to spend some time self-reflecting while you're not getting one of these jobs but at some point you probably do just sit down and be like let me get this straight you want to hire dave canales <laughs> who was like eight he did the first time i won the Baker super bowl Field, oh, you, you think i need to know this <laughs> i know this <laughs> He made him not only palatable, downright enjoyable right. by the end of the year. I get it. But if you're Belichick, you're like, I'd be clinking my rings together while I say it. <laughs> right? Uh, like, you're going to hire Canales over me? Like, come on. Really? But the answer the is yes. The passes everybody yeah. by. Mortality is brutal, and it comes for everyone. Yeah, I mean, look. Denny's time was Denny's time at the end of his career. I mean, I hate the way that it, it finished, but he won 11 and 12 games two yep. of his last three years. Like, it, it's – the game comes for for everybody, you know, and everybody loses their touch at different times. Not everybody's going to be done at 65. You know, not everybody's going to be done at 70. But at some point, you're done. Some people are done at 55. Hell, I'm done at whatever I'm doing at 39. Pack me up. <laughs> but, like, it's, the, it's different with all coaches. Some coaches are almost ageless. They're almost timeless. I don't think Patino's done. I mean, we'll see what he does with his team, gets through these injuries, but I don't think he's done. He doesn't feel like the game's passed him by, you know, and he's getting up there. Yeah, certainly, no, it does, it does not feel like the game's passed him by uh, at all. He's just one of those uh, – I'm. he is a category of people I am immensely uh, jealous of in that uh, he is just naturally absurdly energetic all the time. And it probably has something to do with the way they cocaine. take care of their bodies. No. Oh, cocaine. Yeah, that too. I'm kidding. I don't think that. Not, Not with him. Muscleman? Maybe. <laughs> Jury's out. Is that, is that slander? It's liable when it's printed. No, it's, 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 <laughs> no, it's a joke. It's a joke. I know. Allegedly. Allegedly. We just talked. We, we, we pop allegedly on everything. You can say whatever you want. It's just like uh, with all due respect. Say whatever <laughs> you your want. Heart. <laughs> your heart. I'm not racist, bud. Yeah, no, all it those stuff. doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. No, but like uh, Pete Carroll's the same way where it's like, dude, we're, I'm sure you just take ridiculously good care of your body and you run every day. Is that what it is? Yeah, Patino still does probably five miles on the treadmill every morning. Oh, that's true. That's and right. Pete yeah. hey, Carroll get... chews gum. Yeah. Like nobody thousand calories a day chewing that gum. He chews the life out of that gum. I'm, I'm, I, I imagine that gum starts out pink and ends gray. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting. Right? At, I'm sitting at Thornton, staring at the donuts. Yeah. You know, like trying to figure out how many I'm going to buy in the morning. And Patino's already put in five miles. And would never eat one of those donuts. Never. Which is which is again. We'll get to Edwin here in just a second. Why it's always very funny. I know what you're going to say. That Patino did Rowley's commercial. Or Charlie Strong. But Patino. <laughs> I know. Charlie, I could see eating Rowley's. Patino. I don't know, man. Would rather die. You really think Charlie eats Rowley's? It's, um, 
infinitely more believable that Charlie would eat a rallies than Patino would eat. I, I think that's true. But I found them both a little ridiculous. Let's get Edwin in here before we get uh, to the top of the hour here. Edwin, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Well, thank you very much. This is probably my third or fourth time I've called, so it doesn't mean anything other than your, your show is very good, and I look forward to listening. You know, I'm here in Erie, long-time local fan. Going back to Josh Hurd, like, yes. I was hoping when I come upon it this morning, I didn't know nothing about it until this morning, like, he really didn't say anything. I mean, I'd like to, there's no context to what he's talking about, you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the parts about Kenny Payne? No, the parts about where we are. Like, I was yeah. kind of hoping for some mm-hmm. uh, comments. Like, nothing. He stood there talking, but there's nothing, no substance to what he said. Talking about Josh Hurd. Sure. Uh, appreciate uh, the call there, Edwin. Thank you for the kind words. Edwin. Yeah, and very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, look, call anytime. I. I I don't disagree with that, uh, but I, I don't think he was trying to be like obfuscating. But I think he's trying to not. I think the one thing Josh is trying to not do is oversay anything, like which is why I described it as admin speak. That was the administrative version of coach speak, where I'm gonna say a lot of things. It's going to uh it's going to possess all the characteristics of talk about sports and it won't tell you anything <laughs> i think that he got as close as he could to the you know like he he told you look it's it's consuming you know it's which i read as it's consuming every second of his day what well, you know like it's yeah. it's very exhausting yeah. which it should be and he said it's we know that moral victories aren't a thing I think he's saying what he can say at this point. Like we've been saying all year, he's not going to come out and say, look, if he doesn't win 10 of the next 12 games, he's fired. He's just not going to say that. Until the day he gets fired, it's going to be not necessarily vague, yeah, but it's not going to be direct. Yeah, it's right. It's going to be... Um, going to eat around the edges on it, you know? Yeah. I want to finish this thought here on the other side. Uh, we'll take a quick break here and be right back on The Drive on 93 on the Ville.